Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness all come through, him. through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Every good and every perfect gift is from above. No exceptions. And cometh down from the Father of light, so with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good thing in your life, you owe to God. Your family, your health, your vision, your ability to speak, to breathe, to eat, to talk, to walk. You owe everything to God. Every good gift cometh from above. And conversely, everything that is detrimental to your well-being, both physical and spiritual, cometh from the other source. And mankind is thrown in this midst of play of these two forces on us. Some men completely fail, women, some people, I should say, completely fail and let this evil force, nature, power come in and just wreck them, just completely wreck them, tear them up, uh, takes away from them morality, takes, strips away from them common decency, takes away honesty, takes away truth, takes away integrity, takes away cleanliness, takes away body hygiene, takes everything that old evil spirit does. That's the only thing that does. Uh, many people have uh, tried to say that it's this or it's that thing that's wrong in the world today is politics, it's now it's tobacco, and it's this. It's sin. It's sin. That's what it is. That's what it's always been. Sin is the thing that comes in and destroys people's lives. And the only remedy, the only cure, the only salvation from that sin is a shed blood of Christ applied to your heart. There is nothing else. There's not a one of you today that has willpower enough. There is such a thing as willpower. Some have more than others. Some have enough to, to walk decently and and nicely and and get along good with people and they pay their bills and they contribute to society and right. to, uh, charities and they do a lot of things and on the surface they're they look good they look good it's just a camouflage the devil's got more camouflages he's got more suits to wear and you can imagine but but if you get what this brother steve was talking about love and contentment, if you really get that in your heart, you'll get it through Christ. You won't get it through self, uh, through any, anything else. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. 
Impossible for us, for mankind, to be a partaker of God's nature. That sounds a little uh, miraculous to me. That sounds a little miraculous that a man or a woman in this life could be a partaker of the divine nature of God. But this is done through the promises that God has left with us. Right. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Can I read that verse again? Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Now, when men deal with men, promises don't mean a whole lot. No, they don't. When you go to get your mortgage and you promise to pay that mortgage company back, they're not taking your word only. They're going to have more documentation and more forms for you to sign than you can ever believe was necessary when you in your heart know you're going to pay it back. But a promise of men to men is not very much. But the promises of God have never been known to fail. No power of darkness over them can prevail. When God says it, it's done. Because he cannot lie. God cannot lie. There's very few things that he cannot do. But that's one of them. He cannot lie. When he says it, it's there. It has to be. Nothing can stand in the way. And when God has made these promises to us. I read this verse some few weeks ago. And I have been going back through Old Testament scriptures and uh, trying to trying to bring afresh what the promises of God meant to those people in their day and what the promises of God mean to us in our day. And I'll tell you, when you walk through that garden for a few days, it makes you very thankful for the promises of God. I'm not sure I find all these places readily here. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bared you on the eagle's wings, and brought you out unto myself. Moses talking unto the children of Israel. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, that you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. Not that we're haughty, not that we're high-minded, not that we think we're better than anyone else. But by the promises of God, God has promised us to be the head and not the tail. We don't have to be dragged down in our life. We don't have to be in despair and and defeat and... and, uh, uh, wailing our situation, we can be triumphant every step of the way. As the sister was just talking about Miss Fannie Mae, I remember her well, and that was the way I remember her. Good, clean, sweet spirit, always, always ready to help, offer a word of cheer. Not because she had climbed a lot of mountains, not because she'd made great successes in life, but because she had believed the promises of God, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. This is a promise. This is one of God's promises to those who believe that you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. 
And these are the words which you shall speak unto the children of Israel. That's the 19th chapter of Exodus. You shall, the 23rd chapter, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Yes. Amen. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. Remember when the children of Israel went out of Egypt, 600,000 footmen plus women and children. There was not one feeble person among them. That defies all the laws of logic. That defies all the everything. There's no way you could find that many people in the world that not a feeble person was among them. But it was God showing to us his promises. And we, we take that today to be a spiritual promise. That there's no re reason for us to be spiritually sick. Our souls can delight itself in fatness for the church. I will send my fear. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I'd like to go to the 33rd chapter of Exodus. This was when Moses had been up on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights talking with the Lord. I gave him the commandments to come down at great risk of his life, I believe, as I read the scripture. The mountain was trembling, an earthquake was in progress, the mountain was on fire, the smoke was descending, God was talking with his, Mo his man Moses for the sake of those people, and he come down and they had organized themselves to go back to Egypt, took all their jewelry off, made them a golden calf, and dancing naked around that calf. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That quick. <laughs> and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin, and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sins, and if not, block me, I pray thee out of thy book, which thou hast written. We need some nursing fathers and nursing mothers people that care for the people like Moses cared for the people he was willing to sacrifice his own, his own life for their sake. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whoso hath sinned against me, him will not blot out of my book. Therefore now go and lead the people unto the place in which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, here's a promise. Mine angel shall go before thee. My angel shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. That's the 32nd chapter. And Moses, of course, had to go back up. Through those tables down, a moment of wrath. And it, it didn't God, it didn't change God's law for mankind. No, it didn't change his directions nor his instructions, and he had to take him right back up there, right where he got him the first time, and he got him again. And Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. 
And now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, shew me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy presence, is thy people. And he said, and this is a promise, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And Moses said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not against. That's These are promises. Every we had a song we used to sing, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Pity the man that doesn't have the Lord to lean on. Pity the man that can't take his problems his griefs to the scriptures and find sustaining promises of God. Pity that man. He has to bear his burdens alone. But God can sustain in every circumstance of life. He can provide just what we need. I heard when I was a very young man, probably about 15 or 16 years old, brother. John Scarborough was preaching at Candy. I used to listen to those old folks. We had a lot of good times as young people. We did a lot of things probably we wouldn't like these young folks to know about. But, but at the same time, at the same time, I was listening to what those people said. And I was attracted. I want to tell you I was attracted to the spirit of holiness that they manifest. And I remember distinctly some of the words they said. And one of them was, Brother John Scarborough said, When Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, the Lord didn't come down there 30 days in advance and lock their jaws. Just at the moment. Amen. Just at the moment that he was thrown down there, those lions got locked jaw. Some back to him. And so it is, that's a promise of the Lord, that he will be with us in every situation of our life. With the poor and needy, this is a promise. I think we can take it to ourselves. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. These things happened years ago in a natural and a physical sense. Children of Israel went into the wilderness, a million or so people, and they, they were thirsty. And Moses took his rod and smote the waters, and waters came out. And we sing a song, there's honey in the rock, my brother. But we today have taken them into a spiritual sense, a higher realm, a step up. It means something to us in the spirit. And when our spirit is dry, when we're hungry, when we're thirsty, we go to God's word. We embrace the promises of God, the exceeding great and precious promises. We embrace them to ourselves, and God opens up springs of water in the wilderness. He feeds us with the water from on high. He opens the fountain that 
Zachariah prophesied of in his writing. He said, In those days there will be a fountain open in the house of God for all sin and uncleanness, and the waters of that mighty stream flow down today and heal the nations. And it is a spiritual healing. It's a promise from God. And they've never been known to fail. Trust those holy words today. Let them guide you on your way. Seek their refuge in temptation's roughest gales. Strength and courage they will lend. Hour from heaven will descend. And those promises will never known to fail. Lord, this might be a little light side, but I was blowing off my driveway the other day, and it's blowing, I don't know what, 75 miles an hour or something like that, I don't know what it blows, it blows a pretty heavy stream, got kind of all two things in there. Yeah. We have a little storm like a lot of stuff falling out of the tree, and uh, I was praying a little bit, and uh, most of that stuff just blowing right away, doing a good job. And I noticed this particular kind of piece, I thought it was a leaf at first, and it turned out it was a piece of pine bark. It was very light. You would just think that there would be no problem at all with this powerful blower blowing that thing away. But it would not do it. And I would put it in one direction and the other direction, and I'd twist it, and I'd turn it, and I'd just defy all the blast of that, of that blower. I don't understand that. I don't know. I, don't, I guess it was the design or something of it, but I began to pray, Lord, I sort of want to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let the stormy breezes blow, they're cries when I'll harm me. I'd like to have that kind of design to my faith that whatever the devil comes along with and tries to blow me off track, I just won't go. I just won't go. Finally, I have to start kicking them. That's the only way I can get them to move. My blower wouldn't do it. Well, I can be that way through the faith in the promises of God. There's a many places that I'm not sure I can find them all. Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. That's a promise. God has claimed us. We belong to him. He's, he has engraved us on the palms of his hands. He's got our names in a book. It's in his book. He had a book when Moses was talking to him because they talked about the book. Moses said, blot my name out. And he said, no, I'm going to blot out him that sinned. That's who, that whose name coming out of my book. He had a book then. He's got a book now. And we're in it. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, this is a promise. I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia, and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable. And I have loved thee, therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, 
For I am with thee, I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west, and on and on. The promises of God. Yeah. You ought to go through the scriptures sometime and try to pick them all out. Yeah. Maybe you'll get weary and sidetracked on something else before you ever get through them. Yeah. Jesus went so far as to say, ask. Yeah. And it shall be given you. That's a promise. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I'm not sure every time I ask my banker for something, I'm going to get it. I'm sure sometimes I'm not. But this, but this God that I serve, if I will believe his promises according to Jesus' own words, I can ask and be sure that I'll receive it. Apostle Paul was beseeching the Lord for a thorn in the flesh. And he's, I don't, not sure exactly what it was. The messenger of Satan buffeted him, and some people feel like it was his vision, whatever it was. I'm not sure it's important. He, he seriously wanted the Lord to, to take this away from him. This is a promise now. And this is also an answer. Ask and you shall receive. He got an answer. Perhaps was not the answer he was looking for. But he got his answer. And the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for thee. You young people that go out in life that are getting married, we've had a lot of weddings lately, that uh, begin to make a living for yourself and encounter the responsibilities of parenthood and, and uh, a home life and a family to support. Take these promises to you. Gird them tight about your heart. Know that God will provide everything that you need in life. You don't have to worry. You don't have to complain. You don't have to fret. You don't have to trouble yourself that something's going to rise and I won't be able to handle it. God is sufficient. My grace is sufficient for thee. Most gladly, therefore, Jesus told his disciples one time, said, when I sent you out without purse and script, did you like anything? And they said, nothing. That's right. Nothing. Most, uh, Abraham went out not knowing where he went. I don't know many people do that. <laughs> Didn't know where he was going. There's one scripture that says, a little sleep and a little pot, a, a little lumber, a little holding of the hands to sleep, and so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth. And I want as an armed man that normally when a person just travels all over the place like Abraham did, it becomes poor. Golden stones won't gather much moss, what they're saying that they say. But in defiance to all that, God blessed Abraham. He was a wealthy man. He was wealthy in spirit. He was wealthy in goods. He was wealthy in the Lord. Because he believed the Lord. When God took him out and showed him the stars of the heaven for multitude and the sand on the seashore, and he says, So shall thy seed be. And he didn't even have a child. He didn't even have a child. And he was an old man at that time. And he believed God. Amen. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Amen. And we are the children of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, 
that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let us implore you to seek the Lord. Why should you waste another day? Why should you die when the sheltering rock is so nearby? Y'all pray for me.